the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show would like to acknowledge the traditional land owners and the leaders past, present and emerging of Ngunnawal, Ngambri and Darawal countries where we are working from today. This always was, and always will be, Aboriginal land. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. If we just put a British accent, someone just narrating how to get your medicines prescribed. Aussie? Um, oh, no, I just gave it away. Jeez, it's me. I was the guy that won the Australia League. I thought oh, about shit, it. were you? Uh, <laughs> NFL? He was just silent, no camera on. I'm just sitting there. I'm like eating my finger bun pre-draft. Fantasy. And they were having breakfast together, sitting there, having big breakfast, having a bit of bacon and egg, bit of sausage. So we, Very good. we all know what that means. So basically lock our MPJ in for a top one season this year. <laughs> Tell the tradesman, no reason to have a trade segment on the podcast. This is the Aussie NFL Fantasy Show. Yeah, there we go. Oh, there there we go, mate. Yeah, that's the stuff. Oh, yeah. that looks even bigger, man. <laughs> that didn't do anything for me. <laughs> it did, oh, shit, it did for stuff for us. Yeah. It did shit for us. It's good enough. <laughs> In today's busy world, it's hard to have it all. Who has time to do all the analysis and decision-making for your fantasy team? Probably not you, but we can help. Whether it's positively diagnosing players with fantasy leprosy, or helping you find the players who are on the verge of being fantasy legendary. There's only one name in all of fantasy you can really trust. Make an appointment with Dr. Goodcall. (laughs) Do you know that there is nothing accidental about the shots that I've used in that. There is nothing accidental that it is Adrian Peterson in a Titans jersey. There's nothing accidental <laughs> at James Conner. <laughs> that is... I didn't even actually notice all of that until you just mentioned it. It is <laughs> deliberate as... I oh, definitely God. have. There's nothing that Matty does that isn't deliberate. <laughs> whether it sucks or whether it's great, it's all deliberate. Yeah. Always. Always. Um... Mate, I, I missed all the fun and games of this segment last week and I got to catch it up in post. But part of the fun of this segment is that I kind of get to poke you a bit and I kind of miss that. <laughs> but I see that the boys, they kept you in check. They did a good job of giving you a little bit of shit. Uh, but do you want to walk us through how it all went with last week with your picks, brother? Well, that was a good segue. You just said shit. Uh, behind times. me right now is a turd sandwich. Uh, I've, called, I've renamed myself Dr. Shit Call or Dr. Turd Call, whatever you want. <laughs> uh, it was definitely, uh, I've, I've had some very good weeks on this segment. And look, I'm just going to have to take my licks where I get it here because, look, I think Dr. Good Call, he's taken a trip up to uh, Coffs Harbour and he's he's found AIDS. And all of a sudden, he can't pick anything. So I'm hoping now that I'm back in the uh, the comfort of Shell Harbour that I can uh, get my picks going again because, uh, yeah, they were not the best last week. Wow. I like that you've gone away and uh, managed to come back with a, with a transmissible disease. That's that's an extraordinary yep. effort, Dr. Goodcall. The Shell Harbour, Dr. Goodcall, now is to cure Coffs Harbour, Dr. Goodcall. Um, apparently got fantasy leprosy, like is mentioned in uh in, in one of the drops. So you need to move out of places that have harbour in the name because it's all been nothing but COVID where you lived, and then uh, it's been nothing but AIDS where you went to. You got to get got to get rid of these harbours, mate. They're harboring aggression mm-hmm. towards you and your immune systems. Some yeah. of that Matt Ryan ass juice has somehow made its way to Cots <laughs> Harbour. I think I think I must have drunk some of it in the water. Anyway, 
I guess I have to get to these uh, crappy players that I picked. Um, Make it quick, eh? <laughs> I picked pick the uh, bad week for Gino up against Arizona. Uh, basically, it became a very, very low-scoring game. I was hoping yeah. for a high-scoring game, and it just didn't happen. Uh, a lot of field goals. Uh, obviously, Kenneth Walker got their got their TD, and then it was just a lot of Myers kicking field goals. So, uh, Gino did enough to win the game. He, it was fine in real NFL. He just yeah. couldn't really get anything done in fantasy. I think it was twelve point six eight or something. He ended up on sleeper. So, you know, did absolutely destroy you. But you know, definitely not considering that a win, especially with the year Gino's had so far. It was definitely below his average this year. So, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't his day. Uh, you're expecting more, hundred percent. Definitely. Uh, we'll move on to the absolute turd sandwich. Oh my goodness! I'm, I'll take a shot at Manjot for his boy Jeff Wilson Jr. This yeah. was just horrible. Oh, oh, he fumbles. Yeah. He just basically doesn't come back into the game. He he he, he got the got the uh, lion's share of the rushing work. Too bad that rushing work wasn't much at all because they were down nearly the entire game which wasn't obviously the game script that we expected. So, yeah, Jeff Wilson Jr. just was not used at all. So, in oh, the oh, Public defender out. moment, I, I just got to say, we were down both our starting tackles as well throughout that game. So, he couldn't get anything done. Yeah, so no. he... Yeah. Just just yeah. don't want to blame him too much. I just got to no, say... I blame him so straight up. Him. Where the fuck are the screen passes then, huh? huh? Like, this yeah, guy's a pass all... catcher. Where, the, where well, is that? Well, if you got screen passes, and essentially the Shanahan blocking scheme is zone blocking, which is essentially like a screen pass. You got to find the guys in that zone. You got to block in the screen pass. Same thing They're with the run corners. Game. They're corners. You're getting outside yeah, but... the box. You're, you're you're essentially blocking me. <laughs> We're gonna expect what? What's his name? Brendel to be blocking. Like you uh, could block me. AJ Come Terrell. off it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we gotta try that on Saturday. <laughs> Get down the ACT gridiron stream. We gotta try. Gotta try a few things out there. Let's see if Miles can allow that. But Man, you just yeah, wait anyway. till I'm. You just wait till I'm back at full strength, mate. It's on. <laughs> yeah. We'll, You've seen we'll what try. I can do, Odell. Catch. You've seen. Yeah, I've seen. <laughs> All right, we've hijacked Taylor's segments, but yeah, Jeff Wilson Jr. sucks balls. Carry on. Yeah, there's not much else to say about that. I think really what it showed is that Jeff Wilson isn't game script proof. Like we've obviously seen what it looks like when the Niners are actually down for most of the game. He just sort of gets sat on the bench, and obviously the fumble didn't help. But I, I don't think he's the kind of guy you want to be playing in a, in a game script that they're down. So. Look, I wouldn't be that keen on him this week either against the Chiefs because that's not going to project as a game that you could guarantee they're going to have a good game script in either. So, yeah, I just think it proves that, you know, in games where the Niners are humming and they're ahead most of the game, Jeff Wilson's a good play. Uh, but in a game like that, he, he just wasn't useful at all. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really actually shocking how little use he got. In, um, yep. oh, by the time I look back, it was a game I didn't, watch a heap of but yeah I was, I was just sort of surprised how hard yes. it was for the 49ers to do anything and i mean legitimate reasons why but it was just it was shocking to me that's all yeah and it wasn't like the entire like the pass catches actually did quite well like we saw brent and iuk have two touchdowns and uh kittle definitely ended up with his best yeah. game by a mile like eight for 80 something so yeah it was it was definitely a game script where you wanted to be a pass catcher not a running back for the niners in that one yeah anyhow uh moving on 
Uh, wide yeah. receivers. Speaking of wide pass receiver catches. wasn't too bad. Uh, I was pr- I was relatively happy with my Rondell Moore pick. Uh, you know, he I think he came in at wide receiver 113. So I like yeah. to say that he definitely wasn't exactly a chalk pick. I definitely went uh, down the barrel to pick him. I just liked his matchup against Seattle. I kept talking about the fact that I didn't feel like the what the uh, rankings in terms of uh, Seattle's defense up against wide receiver really tr- uh, told the true story. I don't believe yeah. they are a good defense, but what was happening was they were so bad against running backs in the first few weeks that the numbers really skewed away from the wide receiver position. So it was popping up like they were fourth or something against yeah. uh, wide receiver, but like, you know, nearly 30th against running back. So I just, I thought that was going to sort of regress to the mean a little bit. Um, and look, Rondell Moore put up over 10 points. So he didn't have a terrible day, but you know, you just didn't see any huge breakaway plays from really anyone on the Cardinals. It was just a horrendous offensive day for all of them. And, you know, if you're a Cardinals fan, you're just hoping that turns a bit with the with the return of D Hop. Yeah, a lot of a uh, sorry NFC uh, offenses struggled in the week just gone. Um, yeah. Undeniable and just sort of bad luck because you think, gee, if there was ever a time that things could turn around, uh, that would be one. Especially with Rondell Moore sort of coming back and looking like he'd be nice fresh legs in this offense that needed something to invigorate it. And I mean, he scored what was it, almost eleven points in PPR. So I mean, yeah, I think you can probably say it's a win. Yeah, yeah, I probably would, honestly. That'd be the only one I could <laughs> consider as uh, something that you would consider a win, especially yeah. where he's picked from. Like, he was definitely on waivers before that week. So, yeah, um, yeah, I would consider that. Well, definitely the best pick out of the four. But oh, that I'll way. give you a pastry for that. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'll take it. <laughs> My pastries aren't good or prestigious, but, you know. <laughs> as long as they weren't made in Coffs Harbour, then I'll be fine. <laughs> made in Carabao. Oh, <laughs> Perfect. Uh, all right, I'll move on to tight end. So I, 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 for this segment, I took the shot on Taysom Hill, the Swiss Army knife. Yeah. Uh, I just thought, you know, the the ceiling was there. And me and Mark, uh, sorry, it was actually me and Manjot sort of talked about it because, you know, there's often been times where he's dropped down to three or four points after he's had a massive game. But I just think in the tight end position, especially if you're streaming, because he's got that ceiling, I'm I'm okay wearing the threes and fours if that if you know that there's a chance that he's going to score a thirty because yeah. there are no tight ends out there that aren't named Kelsey or Andrews or apparently Hawkinson for that one game that can go and score a high twenty or a thirty. Whereas I'm happy to take a shot on a guy if there's a chance if he starts throwing touchdowns and and then running them in as well. I just thought I'd take a shot that that might have been the game that he did it. Obviously, he didn't. I think it was like 3.8 or 9 points or something he ended up on. It was like 38 yards in the, rush, in the rushing game, and then he threw a couple of times for about 16 yards. So, look, in the tight end landscape, it wasn't horrendous, but it wasn't you know greater either. Yeah. So, you know, go, didn't get you too many points, so I'd consider that a miss. Not what you're looking for, yeah. Um, where the week before, I literally dropped... Tonyan out of a starting lineup to start Hill and was the beneficiary of the Taysom day for no good reason. There was no good reason to do that. I just had to no, fuck it. Um, but that's the state of tight end, right? That, that's a 14 team keeper league. And I just kind of went, well, fuck it. Let's have a crack. Let's, let's stir something up. Um, there, there was no reason for that. Whereas this time around you go, well, I've seen it. Why not? Um, so there yep. kind of was reason for it. And it's just, it's so, undulating that position is just such a yo-yo it's hard to know what to do 
And the Saints are lacking weapons at the moment. Like you saw Alave had to pull out late. Obviously, Michael Thomas is just doing Michael Thomas things and just not playing. <laughs> uh, you've got Landry still out. Uh, obviously, Jameis is out, which even affects Hill because they, whenever it's Dalton, they decide to run up a couple of passing plays for Hill as well. So, yeah. you know, the, as long as a lot of those guys are out, I think Hill's going to be quite useful still because they need him. Uh, if you start seeing a lot of those guys come back and then it's Winston, I think that'll make Hill less relevant. I think so too. And it will make me so much more interested in that New Orleans offense. Before yeah, exactly. the season started, I always choose an NFC team to kind of be my second team mm-hmm. uh, that I can kind of cheer yeah. for and hope will turn around what had been a maybe disappointing year the year before. And this year, I kind of put my chips on the Saints and I wish well, I hadn't. <laughs> I was similar too, because I brought up how ridiculous the turnover was from what they had last year to this year, but then they just haven't been healthy. Like, yeah. you know, the, the, the change in wide receiver depth that they've had this year compared to last year was just enormous, but then all of a sudden, most of them go down. Oh, so yeah. it's just, you haven't really seen them at their full complement. So it would be awesome to actually see that, but God knows when that's going to happen. Just kind of hoping the second half of the season will be a bit more fun to have them as a second team because the first half of the season has looked a lot like what it's like to be a Jags fan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They've not... Yeah. They've not looked good. They've not looked good. Mate, with all these players who've been putting up aids at the time when you're hoping that they can put up some points, surely picking the fantasy aids guy was easy. So this one is funny. So because <laughs> I, I took that photo and posted it on our socials because I, I decided because Maddie was struggling a bit, I was like, oh, I'll put it on the socials, blah, blah, blah. Thank so you. I then decided this would be the week that I would uh, send it out to some of the like group texts and group messenger groups that I'm actually in. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is my fantasy age player of the week, blah, blah, blah. And then I had to, you know, say to them, I've had a good run so far on it. And of course this is the week that like the, he just dives over for a touchdown and scores 13.7 points. This is what I'm laughing about, right? It's the guy I'm talking about Miles Sanders for anyone yeah. here last week. <laughs> I, I had all these stats to say that, you know, he done basically everything in two games uh, for the year and they were against unbelievable running back matchups. And then this wasn't one of them up against the fifth best in the Cowboys. But in the end, I really don't feel like his numbers outside the touchdown, I really got it wrong. He did yeah. nothing in the passing game. He was 18 for 71. Like that really isn't fantastic. He just dove over for that one touchdown and it just straight away ruined my call. And all of a sudden I'm getting texts with bloody, you know, the numbers and the fact he's got a touchdown. Oh, AIDS free, AIDS free. And, you know, that's that's what you wear when you uh, go out and put (laughs) – that's what happens when you go out and put that out out there for people to look at. You you never get, uh, you know – Getting that pat on the back. You Where were right. all these Miles Sanders lovers at draft it's, time? Where were yeah, you? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But if that, I knew it was going to happen. As soon as I shared it, I knew I was going to get happened for. And I knew it was going to be the one week I got something wrong. So, look, in the end, I didn't feel like it was too wrong of a call. I feel like the stats were there. And the fact he was 18 for 71, I yeah. don't really think I was far off. It just the fact Hail that he now. got the touchdown... Uh, definitely put him over what I would consider having fantasy eight. So I would consider yeah. that. Well, my first loss on this uh, segment for a little while. He had the yeah, Zeke well, days where well, the touchdown just bailed him out. Yeah. yeah, if it was Jeff Wilson Jr., mate, I'd be killing it. <laughs> unbelievable. Mate, and you'd be proud of me. I I don't know why I was having to do this, but I was trying to talk a Cowboys fan off a ledge about 
like he's saying, do I start Sanders or someone else? I don't even know who he was suggesting. I'm like, well, you don't start Sanders, right? He's about to go up against the Cowboys. They've kept every team they played to one touchdown or less, except for that sort of, you know, there was one week, I think, where um, a team scored 20 on him. And, and other than that, no one's even gotten close. And like it, all the numbers are showing you that Sanders is probably not a great play. And of course, 10 minutes later, there's a touchdown. And this guy's like, yeah, yeah I told you. What? Why are you paying out the Cowboys to me? And why am I defending them? <laughs> <laughs> um, but at the end, I'm like, well, it was 18 for 71, right? So that's three yards of carry. Like, yeah, I, I don't know the call's bad. It's totally the touchdown, which are fluky. Um, and, and I mean, yeah, of course, you get 14 points out of a guy practically. It was 13.7 or something like that. And you hang your hat on that. And you go, well, it was a good start. And if you're saying avoid the guy and he scores 13.7, then you just kind of got to wear it. And that sucks because, I mean, even I was defending your call in another group, in another fantasy league, I mean, to a Cowboys fan. It's frustrating. Like I said, it was one of the ones I probably did the biggest deep dive on. I had that many stats about it. Uh, it wasn't even so much just a gut call. It was one that I could really defend of stats, and it was the one that just didn't happen purely because someone dove over. What I also laughed at was the one main person that was like antagonizing me with the whole, like once Sanders went well, was put up the whole AIDS free thing. It turned out that he had offered. Miles Sanders in a trade to try and get Jonathan Taylor. And then that went through later that night. And I found out that's the main reason he said it was because he didn't, he wanted the other person to realize that Sanders had this awesome game. So it made his trade value better. (laughs) (laughs) I think it was, it was Sanders and another running back to get Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, he sends that out. So it's fresh in the guy's mind that, oh, Sanders, you know, against Taylor's call had a great game. And then all of a sudden his trade value looks better. Wow. (laughs) Strategy play. Uh, elite, elite. Is that <laughs> how we get? He didn't Jonathan... admit that. Hey, oh, that... I think that's what he did. <laughs> Sorry, is that how we get Jonathan Taylor off Adam? Though, yeah, is what we need to do. We... <laughs> you just need Miles Sanders, Sanders and someone. What? Wait up. Yeah, James Man, just going to work on a trade for Miles Sanders. Then yeah, look, we'll you guys talking about Dr. Goodfall. <laughs> Take yeah. it easy, I'm out. Yeah, Manjot, he's going to do some research for me. We'll, we'll, we'll have a board meeting after this, Manjot. <laughs> yeah. Straight after. Yeah, the wankers. We meet at all times a day, mate, the wankers. Yeah, it's it's fucking hard. It he's is. need to at the moment. It is. <laughs> it, it, the problem is in our meetings, we need to talk more football and less about, you know, commentary and the 49ers injuries and we actually <laughs> we social media talk about yeah, constructive at... things this is the aussie nfl fantasy show maddie c james connor's behind the doll don't look behind the doll <laughs> <laughs> and i look like i'm wearing my dad's shirt totally like mccaffrey it always looks like he's wearing his dad's gear fantastic i'm glad that you've still got the uh you know that luxury of being allowed to lick rhinos still in the back pocket aussie and yeah. then T. Oh, like these are just three guys, man, Jod. If you left him in a room alone with, he would totally just lick them all. NFL. The gap yeah. between Connor and Montgomery is closing, by the way. I'm really happy about this. Fantasy. Oh, give me a scoop of the heebies to go with my jeebies on that one. Mate, I'm all kinds of happy about that. You're like, oh, fucking predictable, Maddie. Yep. Always doing Standard. the same fucking things. I'm so disappointed. I really wanted to smack that ass on. I'm going to go with old, um, with old Goggles McGee. I know that you're really keen to get this monkey off your back now and, and set things back in order um, after a week of rough results on treatments. What do you prescribe for me this week, brother? 
All right, from Shell Harbour, mate. This is going to be some good prescriptions. Uh, Straight away, though, I'm taking a risk. (laughs) Straight off the bat. I love that. I'm taking Tua up against the Steelers. And the main reason it's a risk is obviously the concussion situation. Like, if this guy basically gets hit by a dickhead, like, he's going (laughs) to take him off. Like, if he just gets the slightest bit of wind, someone farts near his direction they're going to send him off for a concussion protocol. So I think it is actually a massive risk, but I think it could come to fruition, especially with what's on the waiver wire for the quarterbacks this week. Uh, Up against the Steelers, who are 26th against quarterback, uh, I just think it's a really good matchup. I wouldn't be surprised if you saw the Steelers all year be really shit away from home and then maybe just played okay at home. Like you saw them... Go all right against Brady last week. Yeah. We have no idea what the fuck's going on with Brady at the moment. So um, I, I'm not going to use that as a thing to say I'm worried about the Steelers' D. Like they, they've basically got like Milkman and Buddy Accountants playing quarterback <laughs> for them at the moment. Like it's honestly with 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 a healthy Hill. Um, I know Waddle got banged up, but they reckon he's going to be all right for the game. Yeah, uh, I just think Tua steps straight back into this team and. Um, they they can fire him up like they were killing it with Tua in the lineup earlier in the year, and then everything's sort of just gone to shit since he left. And I think he's going to hit the ground running with him back. Like I said, I'm just just hoping things go okay for him, uh, for his own health and obviously for fantasy as well as an afterthought. Uh, but I just hope he can stay upright and they can protect him. And if they do, I think there could be a very good fantasy game for Tua coming up. Hope so, because. Yeah, as you're saying, earlier in the year, he's been playing actually pretty well. Better than I was giving him credit for. And he was he's just been at the centre of some of the most farcical procedural stuff that we've seen for quite some time in the NFL. So it'd be good if he can now, in good health, um, go back out and do what he's good at. It's like I said to you earlier, I had all these situations in a few leagues because I had it's by Mageddon a bit this week, like you know, especially yeah. high end teams, you know, yes. your Eagles, your Vikings, your Rams, like there's a lot of good teams, Bills, Bills. obviously. Yeah. Uh, if anyone it's got Josh Allen, so you know, that people do need these streaming quarterbacks this week, and yeah. I saw it myself that I had about three or four leagues I needed one in, so. Uh, I thought Tua was a very good option in there, especially for upside. Like, if you're looking for a guy that could possibly break out for a 25 or a 30, I think yeah. Tua's really ahead of that list. Whereas there's probably some other guys that are less risky than Tua this week that could get you like a 12 to 15, and yeah. you'd probably be okay with that. I just thought I'd shoot for upside here. Yeah. Yeah. And I think because it depends, right? If you've been one of those teams who's getting by with a guy like Stafford and you're two and four, this is the pickup you need. But if you're yeah. the five and one guy who's just got Josh Allen, you're like, fuck it, I just need to sail the week. You just need to get through, yeah. Yeah, and it's a different <laughs> yeah. proposition. So this is why this segment's super valuable, right? Um, yep. No position more desperate for this than running back, mate. We could we could use your advice. <laughs> it yeah. uh, stems, stems a little bit uh, off our uh, Zeke talk last week uh, in uh, the, the public defender. I'm going to go Pollard. Um, up against oh, the Lions. Uh, I think there could be a very good game for both Pollard and um, Zeke this week. I just yep. think with with uh, Dak coming back, I think they'll probably try and ease him in. And we all know how bad the Lions' defense is all over the field, really. But against running back, they're especially shithouse. Uh, they are 31st against running back. And again, that's only because the Texans just basically, you know, are like Moses and just part the seas down the middle. 
but they are so so bad. Like, I just cannot talk about it enough. Uh, every single time we watch them, you know, people are just torching them on the ground. And I, I just think Pollard, with his speed and athleticism, I just think he's bound for like a 60, 70-yard play here. I think Zeke could get more of the volume than Pollard. But yep. I could see Pollard making the massive plays against this defense. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him have some stat line of like eight carries for 120 yards like, and a <laughs> touchdown. Like, and and you, you could probably see Zeke have like 18 carries in this game and have less yards. Like, it's one yeah. of those situations. So I just think Pollard's going to have a great game here. And that again, like I'm saying, that doesn't mean I think Zeke won't as well. I just think they're going to run the ball a shit ton in this game. Yeah, if ever there was a time to try and uh, finagle Zeke off a Zeke owner, this might be it. But look, I, I think this is the thing I, I've seen from watching. I've watched probably more Cowboys this year than I have for a while. And and Zeke doesn't look like he's got the zip-zip anymore. And Pollard kind of does. Like, if there's a play yeah. that's going to go for more than 15 yards, it's probably not Zeke. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> look, I knew I'm, that... I've been a big Zeke defender over time. And it's kind of kind of sucks to see him not being Zeke. Yeah, I need that for my dynasty team this week because I got Pollard. So I, I'm totally 100% on board. I might <laughs> pick him up in a few, might pick him up in a few redrafts here and there. Where I have Zeke just to, just to Can you nudge write this him. down too, man, Jot. Adam has got both Jonathan Taylor and Pollard in our league. Oh, so we yeah. just need to go after him. <laughs> yeah, we Don't need to trade fired. all of our yeah. good players. Just send your whole you team for both of those. Yeah, yeah. You might have to. You might have to. And I would do it. <laughs> our team is shit. <laughs> all right. Well, yeah, I got fired we... this week. Benjot <laughs> got fired. Let's not forget that. That's how bad our week's been. He's got fired. He's still turning up. He's got nowhere else to go. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of fire, I'm going to stay in the fire with this guy. And you you actually brought it up earlier. And this guy has been on my list like two or three different times to be the Dr. Good Call wide receiver. And I feel like I always bring him up. And then I, I don't ever seem to go him and start to the week either, but he's always on my list. And like I said, you brought him up in the whole trade talk discussion we had before. It's Alan Lazard. Uh, up against the commanders who are 27th against wide receiver. He's sneakily having a pretty decent season. Like, no one's really talking about him. Because you've seen, nope. you know, everyone's trying to hope that Romeo Dobbs is the one sort of taking over, is the one for Rodgers. And, you know, Lazard sort of, he missed week one and then came in and he had one touchdown before only like a small amount of yardage. And he's actually had a touchdown and I think every game he's played except for one. So he's actually like seems to be the red zone target. And he, outside of, he had about a hundred and something yards in a game a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. Most of his games haven't had huge yardage, but he's getting a touchdown and he just seems to be that safety blanket for Rogers. And I think there's a big game coming and I think it could be this one. And I always like to pick out the commanders because like I said, they're way better at defending <laughs> the run than they are the pass. So I think this could be a game where someone like Aaron Rodgers turns it around and Alan Lazard is the beneficiary of that. Because like I said, he's the most trusted wide receiver for uh, Aaron Rodgers. And you even saw a guy like Robert Tunyon last week. Whoever he trusts is who he's going to go to. Yeah. Yeah. Mendel, what do you say about that? Because you've had some opinions about the Packers this season so far. Look, my boy Sauce Gardner owns him. That's all I know. (laughs) That's why I was just trying to research. I was like, who's that dude who just owned him? Oh, yeah. Just saw him my graphic. Sauce Gardner. So, yeah. So, I've been researching the background. Just want to just remind all the Packers fans that Sauce Gardner owns your team. 
But Sauce has got and, the juice. <laughs> yeah, he does. But look, Lazard against that juice. Shit. juice? <laughs> yeah. Look, Juju yeah. actually played Fresh well cut. last week, though. Yeah, yeah. We wanted he to can, after you trashed he can him. get a pass. <laughs> he can get a pass on that nickname this week. But look, Lazard against that secondary. This should be a good matchup. Should yeah. be a good matchup. Yeah. I don't think last last week, I mean, they had Mooney. We had I had Mooney, sorry, in starts of the week. Yeah. Mooney with a spoon, no. Yeah, now now Lazard might have to be my boy here. <laughs> might have to be. This is so annoying because I try not to show too much disappointment when you mention someone in the good call segment who I've done a lot of research for for starts of the week. But this is the first time all season I'm going to outwardly show you how upset I am that you've just completely unveiled a guy where I'm like, this is going to be like my key ingredient. <laughs> you know, like on makeup ads and, and shampoo ads, how there's always a secret ingredient. Lazard was going to be my secret ingredient this week. And now I kind of feel... Nope. I, I never take I'm... a guy you've mentioned in good call. I haven't done it all year, yeah. and I won't now either. I think there was it's... one thing you did. But... I've mentioned him a lot, but it's always been like an afterthought. Like, it's always been where at the end where I go, I run through my list of guys that I had for a position. I always have Lazard there, and I just never take him. And He's actually my wide receiver, too. I've been running him the last couple of weeks in a league in a 12-team league, full PPR, and I've actually been quite happy with him there. Like, he's been really, really solid. So, um, yeah, yeah, can't, can't complain of Lazard there. Um, my All tight right. end. Your my, loose end. <laughs> my loose end. And honestly, it's one that I really got to watch a lot of that, uh, you know, feel sad for me. I got to watch a lot of that uh, Denver Chargers game <laughs> the other day. And I'm going, I'm going Dolchich. Um, I actually saw a lot that I liked for Dolchich, and a lot of people were talking him up in the preseason as someone who might usurp Albert O, and he obviously got injured really early, and you just never saw anything of him. And then he came back in this game, and it was amazing how much he did and how often he played for a guy who was just coming off a hamstring injury. So my thoughts is that he's only going to get more involved moving forward. And he had that touchdown where he had something like 30 yards separation and just no like never even got looked. No one was near him. And then he had one that he missed by just an absolute, like a <laughs> testicle hair. Like it was so <laughs> close. And he would have had two touchdowns on the day. And to be honest, I think he just looks like one of the best pass catchers on the team. And I yeah. think, you know, as a tight end, I think Russ is going to need someone like that because Russ cannot cook. And if he does, it's just turd sandwiches. So I, I just think Dolchich is actually in a very good situation moving forward. And he's up against the Jets. They're 19th against tight end. So okay. neither terrible or um, terrible or great, but... I just think that he's going to be needed in this game. So, yeah, I just saw a lot from him. This was more of a watching with my eyes and seeing a guy who I thought looked very talented. That's pretty much all it is for me here. Right. Mate, with how tough it is at tight end, I don't mind what your recipe is. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's all it needs to be. Look, Man, John, if you I'm have Russ... interested in your opinion on this because Russ hasn't been able to make Jerry Judy a legitimately good player do anything. So I'm interested in what you think about the dual chip. Look, I'm just I'm gonna rip into this. Yeah, if you have a guy that's getting the ball thrown to him by Russ, do you really want him? Do you really want him? <laughs> Probably not, no. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't I'm I'm not entirely sure. I mean I totally get the thought process. Dolchich. Yeah. He's a guy that can be looked at I, I just put him as a bench player to be honest because I don't want anyone. I don't want anything to do with Russell Wilson at the moment. If you've got Dawson Knox on by though, and you just got to find a guy, would you entertain this? 
or is yeah. it like no too far in the bargain bin for me not doing it i mean depends on what my other options are but if he's the best option, then of course I'm going to take him. Best player available. Uh, in terms but... of like rankings, he's going to be the worst option. This is why I've gone really low here. Yeah. This is pure. This is this is me trying well, to like... get in before he goes like sort of off because I, I just think he looked awesome. Like I just think yeah. he was easily the best pass catcher in that game. I'm not guaranteeing that just continues, but I just don't see how a guy coming off a hamstring injury and missing the first four or five weeks of the season comes back, does that, and then goes backwards. I just can't see why they would do that. Like they're going to need more and more pass catching out of him. So, look, again, like Matty said, that's all I felt like I needed for tight end, and especially in this segment. So if he goes out and gooses, <laughs> then so be it. But I, I just Taylor I'm could pick almost shot. any other tight end here for the eighth segment and win. <laughs> you know, yeah, so. yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it's, uh, a mate, shot in the, it's a shot in the dark, put it that way. I like it. I like that there's this, you know, because Albert O was this very trendy. As soon as the Fant trade for the Russell Wilson yeah. and Drew Lock, God, Albert O got some steam up him. And I'm like, oh, God, who cares about Albert O? And I'm glad that, not for Albert O, but I'm, I, I wasn't imagining that that was actually going to become something. And I kind of like, it doesn't happen often, but I was right about that. And, but I, I like seeing a guy like Dulcich running around there and, and making positive stuff. He kind of looks like he's just fresh out of the next trailer park down the road and that he's just been playing street ball on the, you know, in the cul-de-sacs of the trailer park. And uh, he just looks ready and rare. And I love it. He's like everything I kind of wish Will Disley was. <laughs> I will say too, the worse Russ looks, it might actually be better for him because as a tight end, he might need to just start throwing shorter and shorter. And if it's a tight end route, that's not too far down the field. I think he actually could be getting peppered with targets. It's going to be guys like Sutton and Judy, I think, are going to be the biggest, you know, uh, the, the losers out of, like, Russell Wilson just sucking. I just think, you know, he's going to have to go somewhere. And I just think it's going to be short. Like, you see him, he keeps doing these weird screen passes to his running backs that just aren't working. I think he's going to realize that he can't throw too far down the field, but if... if it needs to actually start being forward, not sideways. So yeah. I'm hoping that uh, for a tight end like this, it might be showing a bit of a breakout potential. Uh, I'm hoping they're going to go to a guy like him. But again, um, we'll actually, he should actually start looking, like stop playing with your eyes closed, stop playing so blind. You're missing yeah, wide great. open dudes. Oh. You're missing those <laughs> middle passes. Oh boy, that is just terrible. But look. Bad. I'll give him credit for the first half. That was good. But then 15 passing yards in the second half. Come on, man. This is why I don't want anything to do with him. It's just too volatile. Even when it works, it's just too volatile for Russ. He has, like, maybe one good drive, one good half. But then he's not good enough to sustain it over the full game. He's actually – this is one of the worst quarterback seasons I've ever seen from anyone. Considering how high profile he is. Yeah, yeah. This, this is like up there with Brett Favre to the Jets. It's that bad. It's right up there with that. Yeah, I, I'd say this is worse than 2015 Manning at this point. This is way worse than 20. It's well, way worse. Won a Super Bowl, so hang on. <laughs> yeah, so so 2015 Manning is better than Wilson. That's what yeah. I'm saying. Manning did enough that he got what 240 yards a game and got enough that 
the Broncos defense could actually win them that <laughs> yeah. Super Bowl. He did enough in that AFC Championship game as well. You look yeah. at Peyton, he was the reason they won that. Whereas Wilson, he's not yeah. even going to get to the freaking playoffs at this point. He's oh, two no, and four. That... They're absolute garbage, absolute dog shit. I don't want anything to do that offense. So, look, I'm respectfully going to disagree with Dr. Goodcall. Even if, look, I'm willing, if Dolchus does well, I'm willing to eat that L because I just don't want to, Look, I wouldn't care less if Dolchus does well because my point still stands. The Russell Wilson Broncos at this point in time absolutely suck ass. So I'm not doing anything with Dolchich at the moment. I want to see a bet here. I want to see that if Dolchich scores more than a certain amount of points, then Manjot has to eat a, a pastry that Taylor's made or something like that. I want to see, <laughs> I want to see some skin <laughs> in the game. Oh, I, also, <laughs> I also want to bring back a flashback to our preseason pod from God knows how many months ago when I tore absolute shreds off Russell Wilson. So you want to talk about a Taylor nailed yeah, oh, you did. You did that before <laughs> anyone did. Everyone yeah. was talking up Russ like he was the best thing since sliced bread. He's forty million a year. He's going to save this franchise. He's going to take them to the Super Bowl. I was on this best like division a, on earth. Yeah, like a hot, like a like a tailor on a hot cake. Like I was just all over this thing, and he's been so <laughs> so bad. And so I don't want to be seen as the like Russell lover here by taking his no, time. No, you've never been. This the Russell is not fan. what I'm going to be. Um, but again, like I've, I've pointed out, why I think this could be okay for him for Dolchitz this week. I just yep. like how he looked last week. But Manjot's right. Like you know, three and a half quarters is just going to look like absolute dog shit. You just got to hope Dolchitz yeah. is like good for that seven minute period where Russ doesn't look like <laughs> complete ass. Three yeah. six passes that don't look left handed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. That's the hope. <laughs> well, with all the talk of uh, Broncos aids, I'm now going to be really disappointed if your bro- your aids player isn't a Bronco. I was I was going to cheat. It's going to be Wilson, man. <laughs> no, <laughs> you're going to be disappointed in who it is. <laughs> oh and, shit! And it's going to bring up a conversation I don't want to have, but I'll do it anyway. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, okay. James Connor. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the conversation. <gasps> David Montgomery. Oh. Who is the Pats are fifth against running back this year? Now, normally this team um is similar to the Cook Madison situation, which bodes well for Montgomery when he's active. But what worries me is the usage of Herbert. Now, Montgomery's still got 78% um of the snaps, so I'm not worried he's all of a sudden lost the job to Herbert. But he Herbert did see seven attempts, and Montgomery has always done it from pure volume. This Bears offense is atrocious, so the touchdown upside just isn't there. I also wonder for this new regime whether they'd rather start giving Herbert a bigger share as the season goes on, but that's a complete guess. This is more about the week right now up against the top five rushing defense who just shut down Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. I rest my case there. Honestly, the end of that was probably the best thing. I probably should have started with it. But I just wanted to point out the whole thing with Herbert. I just think there's – I'm a little bit worried that he's got seven carries. Like, normally when you see Montgomery healthy, it's just all him. They they do the biggest Cook Madison thing you've ever seen where it's just – it's all one guy or it's all the other guy when the, the guy in front is injured. So I'm just a little bit worried that he takes – seven, eight, ten carries off him a week. And to be honest, for a guy like Montgomery with no touchdown upside, yeah. 
that's enough for me to worry. And again, it's not a full season projection. I've got Montgomery in the content league. I'm not all of a sudden trading him. I just think this week specifically against this very, very good rushing defense of the Patriots, like again, who just literally shut down the best running back in the league this year. Uh, I, I think that's a little bit of a concern for this week. Yeah, this week especially. I think I agree. I mean, Khalil Herbert's definitely emerging a bit more. It's kind of like that Zeke Pollard situation. I'd more, more compare it towards the Zeke Pollard situation at this point, just because of that one big run Khalil Herbert had where he broke six tackles a couple weeks ago. I think that's where I more see it is Khalil Herbert can make a few flashy plays here and there. But then you've got a guy like Montgomery, who's not the more flashy player. He's definitely the more hard-nosed runner. He can still get the job done. But, yeah, the Patriots, they just shut down a few good running backs here and there. So That's yeah. my massive concern, is that it is Zeke Pollard's situation. Like, that's yeah. what I was saying, is it used to be a Cook-Madison yeah. situation. It used to be all Montgomery. Now it's looking more like a Zeke Pollard, which worries me a bit because Montgomery needs all that volume. And that's sort of what I said about Zeke last week. But again, I'm not trying to say Montgomery is just this non-usable asset moving forward. I just think in general against this team, it's going to be hard for him because if he's only getting, say, 12 to 15 touches instead of his 20 up against the team that doesn't give up a high yards per carry as it is, uh, I just think it could be tough sledding for him this week. But that's not to say in two weeks if he gets some sh- shit-ass running defense that he's not going to dominate in that yeah. game. And then all of a sudden he scored 40 points over three weeks and it looks like he's gone great. So I just think this week specifically, it could be tough for him. Yeah. This week and next week are the two tough ones for, for him there. I don't doubt him getting the volume because as you said, the, the time he's on the field isn't rivaled. The one thing that gave me a little bit of nervousness is a big defender of David Montgomery was seeing Khalil Herbert in on a goal line drive. Yeah, that, that is the one. made yeah. me shit myself. And then the next goal line drive, yeah, Khalil Herbert's back on the fucking bench, right? Because yep. he's not Montgomery, and that was right. But, um, yeah, the, the seven touches, I wasn't as concerned with that. It was just where they were happening. Um, look, it, uh, the, the volume split is still so significantly to yeah, Montgomery. Yeah, for I'm, sure. I'm not so worried about that, it, but it is really that this week and next week where it's Patriots at Patriots and then home to Dallas. Yeah. I think these two weeks you could probably front him up again next week and you wouldn't get much argument out of me. That's going to be tough sledding for him, but it is a volume proposition for me, which is why I'd still go ahead and start him. But I understand why, if you're like chief, your team is built in a way where he's your flex question. Yep. You might actually have a better option. And that was my thing about Sanders last week was I'm more trying to look at guys that most people would start most weeks but if they're not yeah. your running back two that you have to play and you have a decision on them, I'm saying that, you know, I'm looking at matchups and things like that to say that you could bench them in this week. I'm not yeah. saying you have to. I'm just saying you could for an option that's of same relevance that might be a wide receiver or something else you could put in the flex. I think this is kind of one of those weeks too where flies probably don't kill you at running back because you're yeah. missing Dalvin. Okay. But what were you missing from the Rams? Eh. Were you really putting a heap of trust in Singletary at the Bills? Oh, yeah, Eagles and Bills, yeah. They're really so so Sanders is really the only other one who's off this week aside from 
Cool coup is a question. So it really probably doesn't punch too many people in the in the crotch of depth <laughs> too much this week in a way that it might in other weeks. Crotch um, of depth. What is that? <laughs> That's a know. great visual. <laughs> I, it just came out that way. And I'm glad it came out that way instead of the depth of crotch, because I don't I don't know what that would look like. And I don't really want to start. Um mate, the being such a big Montgomery fan and you're saying you didn't want to have this conversation, I was really hoping that it was James Cook because uh, James Connor, but because he's been so hurt, I understand that it's not James Connor. I don't even know if he's, I don't think he'll play this I, week I on the short week. He's and he's just, honestly, the, there's been like one game that Connor's played and hasn't either been like injured in or like they've said he's injured after the game and he was carrying it. like, And then every week's been like a question mark wherever he's going to play. And then he pull, he's pulled out about, about three games. Like, this was the thing you got last year. And, like, I'll give you credit. Like, you said you were worried again about um, injury. Uh, again, I just don't like forecasting that. And I still don't feel like I've got a full picture of what he looks like in his actual role in this team this year. And, again, it, they, they haven't had the touchdown upside for him to obviously um, to get anywhere near what the touchdown production was last year. I still think it's an option. Like, I don't think he's a bad trade for low candidate right yes. now because they're going to get Hopkins back. You would think that's going to make their offense better. Uh, and if there's more touchdowns to be had, um, we've always seen that the running back for the Cardinals gets a lot of touchdowns. So uh, I just think there is an actual option there. Uh, I just think he'll probably miss this week and then hopefully with a 10-day uh, rest, he'll be right to go next week. Just yep. on the Montgomery thing we're trading when, when there's a depression in value, you get New England this week, you get Dallas next week, that's the time to make you move to Montgomery because then immediately you get Miami and Detroit. <laughs> yep. The gift that keeps on go. giving, um, <laughs> that's the time to get him. So yeah, week seven and eight may be a bit tough sledding, but if you can survive week eight, maybe after a bad showing this week might be a time to go and get Montgomery as well. So this is a great thing about a segment like this too, is it doesn't always just show up who you should go after, even the AIDS candidate, because it's temporary. You're only ever diagnosing it as an, a, a, something that can be gotten over. Um, you're not casting the guy out to the to the wilderness forever and ever, amen. Um, you know, it does expose nah. opportunities. And look, if you're guy under four... market value. If you're two and four, he might be a guy you could trade because you're like, I need to win these next two weeks. Like, it, you know, if you're yeah. worried about him the next two weeks, I'm fine with you actually finding a trade partner for him. If he's a perfect guy that if you're actually flying high, you definitely wouldn't trade because, you know, you're going to get two bad games and then all of a sudden you're going to get all these great matchups for him. And at that point, what are you at worst? Four yeah. and four. So. You know, it's that's exactly when you want a guy like Montgomery up against Keep good, him for uh, the gravy. You know, bad yeah. running back defenses. So again, like whether you trade a guy or not is completely dependent on where you were situated this year. And and yeah. I love that we explored that at the start of the show is that it really does a great job of laying out what is your personality sort of which way do you want to shift your team's personality for the time of year given your situation, and what does that mean you should be looking out for? Because it's it is a week by week game but it is a completely different week depending on where you are. 100%. <laughs> wow. So we've got Tua, Pollard, uh, the Lazard King, Dulcich, and then our AIDS candidates, Montgomery. Dagger, you know what I like about you, Taylor? You stabbed me in the front. That's exactly. <laughs> I'll, I'll always do that. <laughs> at, least, at least you stabbed me in the front. Uh, wow. Well, hopefully this will be a better week for you, brother, because I know last week was a real toughie and we it's can blame the seagulls. Sack. Let's just blame the seagulls and move on. I'm blaming, yeah. Blaming the, the <laughs> weird playboy mansion of bloody seagulls having sex next to me. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, we have done a lot of work to decide who we wanted to send in front of the public prosecution um, and, and our, our defender as well this week. Yeah. We made an 11th hour change of, of situation. And, and I, I like our decision to do that. Um, should we fire it up? Yes, sir. Prosecution calls their first witness. Did I panic just yet? Even I am guilty of panicking. I mean, what, are you going to detain the guy for just having a couple of bad days? I don't want people to follow me around at work and detain me whenever I have a bad day. 20 bloody 8th, Your Honour. Sorry for the, the cursing in your old courtroom, sorry. I will allow it.